Welcome to the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio, the podcast for talent acquisition aficionados, HR lovers, and the recruitment connoisseurs out there looking to get inspired and challenge traditional approaches to hiring. Here, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the recruitment process, engaging fresh talent, managing tough internal hiring dilemmas, and of course, the future of talent acquisition. I'm your host, Adri Smith from Recruity. I'll be quizzing the experts, asking the burning questions, and of course, bringing you great guests each episode. By the end of every episode, we'll offer a few hypotheticals and of course, tips to take back to your team and workplace. Hey there, listeners. Today, I'm joined by Shamila Vandatorin, a bit of a legend in the tech sourcing space. She actually keynoted at SourceCon Atlanta this year, and she's actually here to join us today to talk about the when and how of engaging sourced candidates. Hey, uh, Shamila, thank you for joining us here on the TA Innovators Radio. Big welcome to you. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. Let's get started with a quick and brief introduction to yourself and how you got involved in sourcing. I'm a freelance tech sourcer. I mainly work for small startups and I help them grow their teams, focus on the tech teams, but I also work on some other roles when it's needed. I actually started in recruitment slash sourcing not too long ago. Uh, I started in 2015 on an agency and They never had to actively approach candidates. It was for freelance IT roles. And they started noticing that the applications started to become less and less. So they wanted someone on their team who could help them hunt candidates. And I hate that word, sorry. (laughs) But they wanted a hunter. So they had troubles finding someone. And I actually knew the person who worked there. And they hired me based on, well, kind of my character. So when I started there... They didn't know about sourcing and I didn't know about sourcing, obviously. But because of that, I got a lot of space to explore and teach myself, which was pretty cool. So in my free time, you would find me on the internet reading everything I could about recruitment and sourcing and actually learning a lot from people in our industry about Boolean searches, about the whole recruitment process, actually. And I think by trial and error... I kind of started getting the hang of it. And that's where I started out. After that, I felt that agency wasn't really what I was looking for because I missed the human part of really seeing someone start at a company and the personal contact with candidates. That's something that I didn't like having or that's something that I missed, actually. So I started working at Blendle. That's a startup in the Netherlands. After that, I also joined Pokey, which is also a startup. That's how I grow into sourcing with a focus on engagement, because I think there's a lot of things in our industry where we can definitely benefit from. So you've been in the sourcing game longer than most people that I've met. Of course, you have people with uh, yeah, 20 years, 10 years, etc. It's still quite a long time. What are the biggest mistakes that you actually see happening with sourcing candidates today? I don't want to call it like big mistakes, but according to a lot of candidates, actually, and this is also how I feel, I think we spend a lot of time on finding profiles, building funnels, and then we stop spending as much time in contacting them, which is a big opportunity 
for us to really make a difference. A lot of people send messages which are templated messages. Some of them even got like names or roles wrong. And I think that's something we start automating stuff. But with automating, you have to really check if what you're doing is right. Because the moment you fail, you're going to send messages to candidates that aren't correct or that don't feel personal. And I think that's something that's been happening over the past couple of years. And I do think in the last two years, the focus is switching more and more to candidate engagement and really making a difference. Because in the end, I think that's what we are about as recruiters and sourcers, making it human. So you say candidate engagement. Yes. So I know you, you've you already conducted a bit of a survey on candidate engagement, what works, what doesn't. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Last month, I was keynoting at SourceCon Atlanta about the topic of candidate experience and candidate reach outs. So when I started in sourcing, what I told you then, I had to do like a lot of calls, which I didn't like. And I found out that sending people messages that actually I felt comfortable with sending and making them personal had way better response for me. That's how I've been doing recruitment in the past couple of years. And what I noticed is that a lot of people that I work with, developers, tell me like, hey, I got this message last week. Look how bad it is. So my topic is on SourceCon was about how I managed to get like an 80 or 80 plus percent reply rate. And that's by being personal. But instead of just saying stuff on a gut feeling, I wanted to know if it was really true what I was saying. So I conducted a survey or I started a survey and I asked, I had over 500 responses from people all around the world, um, not only recruiters, but mainly actual candidates, engineers, but also people in marketing departments and operations about the first messages they received. And what's interesting is that I asked them about what's the worst message you received and what made it bad, for example. And I got over 500 unique responses and I'm not going to share all of them. But a lot of people say stuff like template messages, messages that a recruiter sends me messages that don't fit my skills. Some people say like templates with the wrong name. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed is a trend is that people really don't like getting impersonal messages. And I personally don't like getting impersonal messages because it makes me feel like a number. Next to that, a lot of people say they get templates and bulk emails. Another big group, and I think that's very interesting, say they have the feeling that a lot of recruiters don't have knowledge of their skills. So they send, for example, going back to tech roles, sent Java developer roles to JavaScript developers, which is obviously something completely different. So those are the kind of things that people mention that they don't like when it comes to messages. It's kind of interesting. And I want to pick up on what you said kind of at the beginning, which is kind of where you're addressing this thing that you got an 80% plus response rate because you were being personal in your outreach and in your engagement. But you've also talked a little bit about how automation can take this away, but surely there has to be a balance. Do you have any thoughts or feelings on what this balance actually is? 
before I go into that, I want to state that I work for small companies. I work for startups. So I have, I don't have the numbers that people in big companies have. So I do get that some people want to automate their messages because it saves time. On the other hand, if you have to send 100 messages to get one reply because of your template, I wonder why wouldn't you send 20 messages and have five replies because you're personal. And if you go to the automation versus being personal, I do think that you can use tools. For example, I use Mixmax Mm -hmm. to set up like a base template because when you send out a message where you talk about the part about your company, that's something that's for everyone the same, right? Mm -hmm. But when you talk about reaching out, like why you're reaching out to candidates, I think that those are things that you have to personalize and it will get you better responses. So you mentioned already that you use a particular tool to do some automation. Are there any other steps within your personal approach that you do automate? Not really. You can automate this like a a part of the sourcing process, but I prefer, and that's also because I don't have the high volume numbers to not automate because I want everyone who receives a message from me to feel like it's for them. Mm -hmm. I think people read between the lines if you send something that's a template or not. Yeah, definitely. I also think that in a more competitive candidate market, it's definitely something that can set you apart as well. Absolutely. So that's also something uh, I think a lot of us forget from time to time. And this is I think something that everyone always should realize when they're sourcing candidates. So I think there's a huge difference between active candidates, so applicants and sourced slash passive candidates while you have applicants who are actively looking for something new. So they applied, they know about your company and your job because they applied and they are motivated to get the job. Well, hopefully, not all of them, but most of them are. And then you have source candidates. And source candidates or passive candidates, they are probably not actively looking. They may not even know about your company, which means that if they don't know about your company, you are probably the first person ever who is getting in touch with them about a role or the first contact person ever at that company, even if they do know about your company because you're a big brand, when you reach out to them, chances are pretty big that you're the first person who is reaching out to them from that company. The impression that you leave as a recruiter or a sourcer is going to influence how they feel about your company, whether you want it or not. So if you send a message that doesn't feel like it's genuine or that doesn't feel real, they are probably going to dislike what you offer. And that's a shame because even if you're not going to hire this person, you want people to be your customer or to buy your service or whatever you're offering, right? And I think a big part of source candidates, which people forget, is that they are not motivated yet to get the job. And it's our goal to motivate them in a message, so to awaken something that gets their interests. Because changing jobs is quite of a big decision. For me, it is. It's a life-changing decision which influenced my relationships, my whole world around me. So it's not something that people are like, when they're not looking for a job, that they're like, oh yeah, you send me an email with the link to apply to a job. 
let's do that. I think it's more about having a conversation with candidates and asking them like, hey, I see that you're currently doing this or that. We are working on this, selling them a challenge. And I think that's a big opportunity for people to really make a difference in sourcing and recruitment. So I think it's a big responsibility that you've kind of outlined for recruiters and for sourcers in being this first point of contact for sourcing candidates. So what would great engagement look like for these people? That's also something that I try to find out in my survey. So next to asking people what a bad message is, is I also ask them what a good message is according to them. I want to share one response, for example, that's something that someone says is like, hey, the best message I've gotten was very personal, fresh, and it felt like I was being invited to a conversation and not an interview. Other people say like giving me as much info as I can about the company, but also about teams and the project that the team is working on. It really came down to personal messages that show that the recruiter is really interested and that shows that the recruiter did their research or know what they are talking about. And that, that is something that a lot of people are missing. When you think about the ways to take this kind of engagement to the next level, what are some creative ways that you can actually surprise your potential candidates with when it comes to engaging them in this really positive way? I wish it was more creative than this, but what I just said, I really believe that it's important to like, Tell the candidates about them. Why did you find them? A lot of messages that people receive, also the messages that I sometimes receive, start with a recruiter talking about them. And I think that's something that people want to read. It's about the candidate. Next to that, I think it can really help to say like, hey, I, I see that you've been working on this or this project. If you're in tech, mention some of their GitHub work. And personally, what I try to do when I reach out to candidates, so I kind of, this is, might be a bit controversial, but I always want to work together with the actual hiring team. So that means that before I reach out to candidates, I want people from the hiring team, doesn't have to be a hiring manager per se, it could be someone else every other week. Only 30 minutes go through the candidates that I found and say if they find something interesting about, for example, their code, if it's good or not, because I don't want to waste the candidate's time by reaching out to them and then telling them like, hey, I sent your profile to the hiring manager, but they are not interested in talking to you, which also gives me and the company a bad name. So I think that's one thing. Uh, Next to that, what I think is could be a big win is sending video messages. That's becoming more and more popular. So instead of spending your time on writing an email, send them a video message. Just tell them like, hey, this is me. This is why I found you. This is what we're doing. Would you be interested in having a conversation with me about that? Another thing what I personally like to do is doing really creative outreaches with developers. So I would actually find some of their work and see if it's something that I can use to make an image or copy their code on CodePen, for example, when they have a cool project, edit that and really show them that that I spent a lot of time on them. But I get that not everyone is mm-hmm. having that time. 
So I think it can start with keeping in mind that it's about them and not about you and that you really have to sell something, especially if they're not looking. I think with some of this advice, you could definitely go start implementing it today and start applying it to your own situations. But I want to lastly address the issue of candidates. Can you actually engage your candidates too much, too little? How frequently should you actually be contacting and trying to engage the candidates that you source? When I do an initial outreach and I don't get a reply, I would do max three follow-ups. After that, I feel like I become annoying and I don't want that name because I do want them to reply to me when it does get relevant in the future. I hear a lot of different opinions about doing follow-ups. Some people do up to nine follow-ups and that also works for them. So that's the first part. Then when I do contact the candidate and they might not be interested I always say like I'm in it for the long run. So the reason that I send personal messages, even if people are not interested right now, I want them to remember me when they start looking and actually keep in touch with them. A good way to be like, if they're not interested and they say like, hey, I won't be looking for this and this long or no, I'm good at where I am right now. Why don't you get in touch like in four or five months? What I would say is like, hey, I know that you weren't available or interested a couple of months ago, but I couldn't help stop thinking about like how great you would be for this role. Are you still not looking or do you might start a conversation with us? I think that's something you could definitely try. It also shows that you're a human and that you really care about them. Ways of doing that is like in your ATS, I think, you can set up like a reminder for yourself to have this candidate back in your like talent pool in six months or something like that. Use a CRM. If not, and if you work like at companies that don't have those kind of tools, you can set up like Boomerang if you have like your Gmail. I think Gmail does this automatically, like has these options these days to just set in a reminder so that you get back your initial email in a couple of months. Just keep in touch and keep them on your agenda. Yeah, well, I think all very good advice to kind of get started and to really start actually engaging your candidates in the proper way, of course. I just want to thank you so much, Shamila, for joining us today. Obviously, really insightful. And we can talk for hours, I think, about the proper way to engage candidates. But hopefully we'll have you on another time for the TA Innovators Review. Thank you so much. I was uh, glad to share how I feel about this topic. Well, hopefully hear from you soon. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And of course, if you did, feel free to share it on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're most active. And if you'd like to be updated on when our next podcast is going to be released, you can sign up at blog.recruity.com slash podcast. See you in the next one.